Well, thank you, guys. I um, thank you, Aaron, for the opportunity to share this morning. I'm really excited about this message. I shared it on a Wednesday night when Aaron uh, was on his sabbatical, and it's just—it's a really fun message. It's a good message, and I have even um, learned some more stuff since that time. So I'm going to share with you. So if you were here then, it's going to have a little different twist, but it'll be uh, really good. You'll be interested. So. Again, thank you. If you don't know me, my name is Joanne Polera. We made New Day our church home in 2003 and have never um, just been here all the time since, just loving it and um, enjoying the church family. So anyway, I'd like to just get started with prayer. So if you just bow your heads, uh, Lord, we just come before you and we thank you so much. I thank you for this opportunity to share this message today. I thank you for what you've put in my heart And I just pray that as I speak it out, Lord God, that it bears fruit and blessing in the in the lives of each of your children here today and those listening to it online. I thank you again, and I just give you glory and praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this message is called The Potter's Hand. I'm sure you've heard a lot of messages on The Potter's Hand. And um, this is going to, like I said, have a little bit of a different twist to it. Uh, I'm just kind of subtitled it, Everything I Learned from a Lump of Clay. Okay? So I thought that was kind of a fun title. And I'm just going to kind of give you an overview. Um, first of all, I love pottery. I started, I had classes when I was in high school, classes when I was in college. And it was just something that, you know, when you, you have something and you do something and you just find a love for it, it just did. I just love it. And I, I would like to, I wanted to pursue it more in my life. I really didn't have that opportunity, but I still have opportunity to do that. So that might be something I do later in life. Also, I collect it. As you can see, I just brought a little bit, but I collect it because I love it. Kind of like whenever I go somewhere, if we go on vacation or if we go somewhere to a store or something, my eye always catches that piece that's unique or that's just pretty or whatever. So anyway, I just really love it. I have that love for it. And what I'm going to talk about today is pottery, but I'm also going to talk, I'm going to talk about the pottery. I'm going to talk about the potter's hand, and I'm going to talk about how each stage, I'm going to tell you how the pottery is made, and I'm going to talk about how each stage of when a potter makes a piece, how that parallels to the stages as we grow and mature in our Christian life. And I think you'll really enjoy it. So there's some really cool stuff. So, see how this works. It's what? There we go. Okay, we're gonna. Whoops, we're gonna start with Jeremiah, and this is a very familiar scripture. I know you've all heard it, but we're gonna start there. The Potter and the Clay. It says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, Can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? 
Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. So, as the scripture just read, we are in God's hand always. We are in his hand from the very beginning until our eternity. We are in his hand. And he keeps us there every stage of our life, every moment that we're here on earth, we are truly in his hand. And he walks with us and he takes care of us. And I'm hoping that after this message, you'll have a clearer vision of that. That's what I, my hope is for you to have a clearer vision of that and to have a visual of it as it is here and um, something right on, on earth here and pottery as it is in our spiritual life. Okay, so what can you expect from a message like this? Sorry, I have to look back, but um, God is the potter, we are the clay. How many times have you heard that? (laughs) Many, many times. Okay. Made with the fingerprint of God upon us. When a pot is made, it is made with the fingerprint of God. But I'm going to talk to you about even more than that. No two are exactly alike. I know you've heard that, and I know how that correlates in our lives. No no two people are exactly alike, alike, right? None are perfect. They may be marred, may be broken, may be cracked. That's how sometimes we end up. But that's not the end because we know that um, that's not the end. And you're gonna, we're going to talk more about that later. So that's kind of what you've probably heard in a message about this in the past. And now I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it a little on a little different journey for you. And I think it's going to be really fun. Okay, the elements of creation. We're going to start there. The uh, four elements of creation are one is fire, which also we talk about light being that element. The second is water. Then we have air, which is a third. And we also, we also use the spirit or wind in the, in the air. We kind of use those words all interchangeably. The Holy Spirit, the wind or the air. And then we have the earth. So those are the four elements that started for elements of creation. And Plato stated this. He said that the construction of the world used up the whole of each of these four elements, for the creator constructed it of all the fire and water and air and earth available. That means there was nothing that was wasted, right? Because he took everything that was available. There was nothing wasted. There was nothing unused, or there was nothing left by the wayside. God used every part of it, every bit of it, to create the world, to create the universe around us, to create what he created in creation. So this reflects on an ancient ancient belief that all things are composed of some combination of earth, fire, air, and water. I know Aaron's talked about that a lot. So then we're going to go to a next, a very, I would say familiar scripture, but this is very, very, very familiar scripture to a certain new day, right? We're going to go back to Genesis 1, and we're going to read verses 2 through 3. And it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And he called the light day. So God used the four elements of creation there, right? He used earth. He used the spirit, which is also an air. He used the waters, 
and he used light. So he used all four of those elements that we talked about earlier when he created the earth. He hovered over it. He had that time of incubation over it, and he had that vision and that desire and the love, and he created. He made creation, right? So then I'm going to go on to the next few verses. I don't have them up there. I'm just going to... Nope, I didn't want to do that. Oh, yeah. That's fine. I do have them up there. (laughs) Sorry. So God, and this is not verse for verse. It's just kind of picked out from there. So God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And then let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. God called the firmament heaven. So I know you're all familiar with this. And then he said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. So after he is in creation here, when he created, he divided things out, didn't he? He divided the light and the darkness. He divided the waters and he made the heavens. So he divided the waters in that firmament. And then he gathered, after he divided the waters to make the heavens, he gathered the waters together and divided that earth and water so that we have the seas and we have the earth that we walk on. So he took a time of dividing out, right? So then the next part of the story, it talks about how he created the plants and the grasses and the seed-bearing trees, and he created the seeds to reproduce after each other. Then he created lights in the heavens and the stars, created the, um, the moon and the sun. He created the creatures of the sea, and he filled the sea with the creatures that he created, right? And then he created the birds of the air, filled the air, the skies with the birds that he created, and then he created the animals. And he created the animals to walk along the earth. So in those um, verses, that's how God created. He really didn't talk about how he created those. He just basically said, uh, the story just tells how he, that he created them. But then the interesting thing I saw was that he created what next? He created mankind, correct? He created man in their own image is what the word tells us. And so when he created man, he took the four elements of creation that he divided out. He brought them back together to create man because he created man out of water and earth, which made the clay, right? He created man with his spirit inside of man, and he created man to walk in the light with him. So I thought that was really, really interesting how when God divided everything out when he created, and then he took those four elements back together when he created us, when he created mankind. I thought that was really powerful. So he put that back together in us, and then it starts from there. So those four elements that we talk about, the water, the earth, the spirit, and the fire or the light is how pottery is created. And so that's why I'm going to, what I'm going to do is, like I said, I'm going to parallel each step of pottery to the steps in our life of what we go through here on earth. So what we're going to start with, let's see, hang on one second. Okay, how does it start? 
How does a potter begin? We can talk about how a potter begins. He has a vision to create. So he thinks about what he wants to do, right? Whenever you want to do something, you think about what you want to do first, right? You have a vision of it. You picture it in your mind. And then you kind of start, your gears start moving. How am I going to do this? So what steps do I have to take to do it? You have a desire. A potter has a desire to create it. Because if he didn't have a desire to do it, then why would he do it? Why would he take the time to do it? There's something in him that makes him want to do it. And then he has to have a love to create it because he has to love to do that. And uh, in order to, you know, to create that, he needs to have a love for it. And so when I looked at that, I thought, that's what God did too, right? That's what God did when he created the universe, when he created creation. He had all this in front of him, and he had a vision. He had a vision to create, and he had a desire. He wanted relationship. He wanted something. And so he desired to have mankind and to relate with him. And then his love to create us. He created creation in love, and he created us in love. He created um, he created mankind in the greatest love, didn't he? Because he created us in himself, and that's the greatest love. So he, God created us in himself and show that love that he created us in. And one thing that I really believe is true, that without love, you cannot create... If you create something without love, it cannot truly serve its purpose. Because if you create something, just think about that. If you create something and you really don't love it, it's not going to serve the purpose that what it's supposed to be, right? When you love something and you create it in love... It is there, and it's going to serve its purpose. It's going to fulfill that purpose and that desire and the vision that you have for it because you put that love into it. And that's what God did with us. He put his love into us to create each one of us unique and different, and he created us to serve our purpose here on earth, and he created us with the most love of all that anybody could. So now we're going to start with the steps of pottery and I'm going to kind of talk, so just to tell you about throwing a pot on a wheel, that's kind of what they talk about because the potter has a wheel. And I'm going to show, it, I'm going to show you a video in a little bit later. But um, when you throw the clay on there and you throw it, that's like called throwing it on the wheel. So if I say throwing it, so that kind of just like lets you know I'm not really throwing it across the room. We're just throwing it on the wheel. And that's when, when they pull it up, that, that's called throwing it. So anyway, um, So step one, there we go, wedging the clay. That's the first step. And when you wedge the clay, it's kind of like kneading a loaf of bread. When you, make, when you make bread, you have to knead it. And what's the reason to knead it? To get all the air bubbles out, right? So you, the um, potter will actually throw the clay onto the, the table, and not the wheel, but he'll throw it onto the table, just kind of back and forth, just keep throwing it on the table and and it just kind of compacts every time it hits, you know, because that that impact will make it compact together and pull together. So those air bubbles, and then he kneads it with his hands. And so if you have air bubbles in clay when you're when you build a pot, when you throw it, it will crack. It can crack. It can cause cracks in it. It can cause it to explode in a kiln when it's drying because there's an air bubble in there and it's not solid. So it'll ca- it can cause it to damage the pot. So how am I going to parallel that to our life? Well, 
I look at when we would be like, say, when that would occur with us, it would be like taking out any of all the any and all of the void spaces within us. We all have those void areas within us that don't help us out at all, huh? Um, it's to take out those void areas. It's to pull the fragmented parts of us back together, back into us, into where we have wholeness and oneness with ourself and with the God within us. There's play, things that happen in our lives where incidents that we kind of leave a piece of us there, don't we? And we leave um, part of our part of our soul there, part of our our spirit there. And when that first, like when the potter wedges the clay, it's like bringing all those parts back to to us, to yourself, and having them um, bring that wholeness back to you. And in doing that, it helps us as a person, and it helps that clay pot to serve at a higher capacity. So it has to go through that step to 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 serve to a higher capacity. So the second step is centering the clay. So when the... That's on the wheel. So when the, the potter throws the clay on the wheel, he has to center it. And, of course, when he puts it on there, sets it on there, uh, throws it on there, it's not going to be perfectly centered, correct? Because it's just not, because it's a piece of clay and it's just a lump, and it's all different shapes. So the piece has to be centered, or else if it's lopsided, when it goes on the wheel, you can see your hands are moving because that wheel's going fast and your hands would be moving like that if it was lopsided. And you have to have a lot of pressure and um, to keep that all centered in there. And then once it's centered, your hands are not moving. They're just straight because it's going around and it's in the perfect center. If it wasn't in the center and it was lopsided, when the potter brings it up like that, which I'm going to show you in the video, it's going to be lopsided way, like you think it's bad down here. When it gets up to here, it's going to be all over the place because that's just how um, nature is. It's just kind of like if you were, if you had a flat tire, you know, when, you're, when your tire's going flat, it's going lopsided, and you're feeling that, right? And it's just not right. If you have two, two lines that you're drawing, and one's a perfectly straight line, and one line's just a little bit crooked off, by the farther that you go down into infinity there, it's going to cross. It's going to hit the other one. And it's not going to be like parallel anymore. They're going to be hitting. So anytime you start out something and it's a little bit off, by the time you get farther along down the line, it's going to be way off. So that's the reason why you have to, why it has to be centered at the very beginning. And to parallel that, God centers us with a scroll that he places in the center of us when we are conceived, he places the scroll of our life and our destiny within us. And it's our job in our life to break that scroll open and to live the life that he destined for us. Um, he places it in our innermost being, which is usually our heart. You can see it in your heart. Some people like to look at it in their bellies. It talks in the word either way, you know, in the word either way out of the innermost, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And so that's where that scroll is. And that's where we find him in us. And we have to find him in that scroll in the center of us. We have to go into our center, find that scroll, open it up and live our life the way he um, destined us to and create and what he created us for so it's drawing yourself inward again to that center place where god is and in doing so we can serve at a higher capacity just like in getting that clay centered on the wheel it serves it at a higher capacity it moves it towards the next step the next step being step number three is creating pottery pottery's kind of messy isn't it <laughs> 
<laughs> get your hands pretty messy. You have to really love it to do it. But actually, it's kind of fun, and it's kind of relaxing once you get past that messiness if you don't like to get your hands dirty. But God must have really liked to get his hands dirty, didn't he? Because <laughs> he, he created all of us and all that we are, and, yeah, that's where he's at. He, didn't, he wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. So the third step is to create the piece of pottery, and that is um, we're using water and earth in this, in this step. So the vision that you have for the design and the function of the piece is what is planned out here because this is where you're going to make it what you want it to make, what you want it to look like, how high you want it, how big and round you want it, how little you want it, how, how thick you want the walls, if you want uh, lips on them, like that one kind of shows like a little lip, how he's putting his finger in there and it's like bringing that out a little bit. Just however you want and whatever your vision and design and the function of the piece, that's where this comes in. And the parallel for that is that God has a vision with each and every one of us in mind. He has a reason to create us when he created us. He designs, he has a design and a function for each one of us. He's got more than one function for each one of us. We're going to talk about that later too because it's just not one thing. God has a lot of things for each one of us to do. He created us, uh, he created us so diverse that we can do different things throughout different stages of our life. And that's what his plan was. It was never just to do one thing. It was to be in the different stages of our life and to be that person that he designed us to be and walk in that. And he brings other people around us to make that happen as well. So the creation of the pottery, that um, he has that reason that he created us. We don't come from a mold, do we? Neither just something like this. It doesn't come from a mold. It comes, it's a one piece, and it's not ever exact like anything else, even as a potter's hand. A potter's hand isn't going to be exactly the same. They make things that look really the same. They make dishes. Like if you have dishes, and if you have, they're made from a potter, you can, they look, they might stack out on your table and look all the same, right? On your table. But if you stack them up on top of each other, you're going to see that one's a little different than the other because they're just can't be too exactly alike because they're made by human hands and they're made like on a wheel like this. So can't be the same. So you're not a mold. We're not a mold. Everybody is unique. And to get to this stage when it's, we're created, it's created to serve our life. And this piece of creation and pottery is made to serve at the higher capacity. So I'm going to play a video for you. This is really neat. It's about, I think it's about just a couple minutes. And it's, um, I'm going to step down and watch it. It's just showing from the very beginning to um, he makes something pretty quick. And it goes fast. It's kind of amazing. He uses a lot of water and, of course, earth. It's really amazing what, how they do that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty quick, huh? You wouldn't think that it would take just a couple minutes to make something so beautiful. Of course, it has more steps, but still, they can do that pretty fast. If you're really a good potter, you can, you can make a bunch of them in just a few minutes. Not too much time. So... The potter doesn't use just a, a thumbprint, right? He uses both hands. He uses his whole hands from start to finish. 
He's, and that's what God does. I don't believe that God just has his fingerprint on each one of us. He has both hands creating us. His hands are, he created us using everything. And the thing of it is, the inside and the outside. Did you see how he puts his hand, one hand's on the inside, one hand's on the outside and brings it up. He's creating that inside wall as he's creating the outside wall. So God creates us inside and out into the very depths of us. To the very depths. We go all the way down to the bottom and bring it up. And this is just, this was just a short, short, you know, pot. They can make really tall ones and everything. I'm sure you've seen things. So, but God got his hands involved when he created man. He participated with us in creation and he created us in a unique and an um, exciting way. He uses design. They use designs and shapes. There's different designs that was kind of pulled out like that. So there's different shapes and designs of all these pottery, all this pottery, according to what function it has. Remember that vision in the very beginning. He uses tools to shape it. Did you see him cut the bottom away with a knife and cut that bottom part off and then use like a sponge on the outside of it to give it a, a different type of, when he came down at the end, a different type of a finish on it, smooth out that finish. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes there's like a lot of finger lines in it. Um, this this one over here has some finger lines in it, but it's pretty smooth. But you can still see the finger lines in it. So um, it's all different. So it's pretty neat. And like I said before, God's got His hands dirty when He created us. That um, the how that like to, as He cuts away, you know, there's a lot of things that. God cuts away in our life those unneeded things. He prunes us, but he, like, cuts that stuff away and just throws it down because we don't really need it. And he, he smooths out the edges because sometimes we're kind of rough, huh? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes life is kind of rough. He smooths out those edges so that we can, we, our bodies and our um, spiritual self can live in the environment that we have to live in. So our outside has to be right. Our inside has to be right. And that was a great example, I thought, of that, of how God, of how pottery and our life coincide in parallel. So the next step, after what the potter just did, he would be letting the pottery air dry. So now we're looking at air, and this is out in the sun too, so we're looking at air and light, this picture up here. And these are pots that are just clay, and they just are air drying, sitting out in the sun. And then what needs to be done, they need to fully cure and dry before they can go into the kiln to be fired. And that reason is because there's a lot, as you saw the water being used when the potter was making that, there's a lot of water within the clay. There's water in clay itself because it's made out of water and dirt, but um, or water and earth, but... The water has to evaporate within it. And as the water evaporates, the particles of clay draw closer together. And it usually shrinks a little bit, but they draw nearer to each other. And so that process must be done slowly. You can't do it too fast. It has to have time to mature. It's like that incubation period. It has to have time to mature and just draw nearer to each other and just pretty much just dry out. So the parallel to that would be that we, as Christians, need to mature, right? We need to mature slowly and in a timely manner. We can't rush that. God doesn't want to rush us either because there's things that we have to go through in our life that we can't rush through. We have to live it that day or that month or that year. We can't rush through some of those things as we're learning and experiencing. So we have to mature and in a timely manner. There's a certain incubation period for each stage of our life, for each season we walk through. 
And we're all walking in a different season of life. But we draw ourselves inward to that place where God began us, in our center. We, we let that water, that stuff evaporate, though that, thing, that stuff that we don't need anymore, let it evaporate out and just keep what's important. Keep what you really need for your life and for, to live the life that God made you to live. So you draw back into that center in this stage. And this stage is a very fragile stage, I will tell you, because once a pot is dried, you can pick it up, you can hold it, but if you drop it, it's going to break. It's going to, some of it is probably going to just crumble, and it could easily go right back into that dirt stage because it's not, it's not finished yet. It's not a finished um, piece yet. So it's actually just dried dirt that you're holding, and it's shaped because it's been, it's been made that far. So there's times in our life that we're very fragile, right? It's times in our life that we messed up, times that we feel tossed aside, times that we feel marred in the clay and like, oh, I'm that, like in Jeremiah, I'm that piece that the potter marred and he just had to start all over again and here we're starting all over again, Lord. There's times when we all feel that way and that um, we kind of feel like, you know, how could God ever use me again after after this happened, which I'm sure what's happened, there's many people that God have used that went through way worse things than that or that did way worse things than that. So don't believe the lie that God can never use you. And I'm going to tell you why. This, I thought, was really, really awesome. This is a greenware pot. So this is green, just like those are up there. It's dried fully. Got it from, picked it up from our potter's um, studio at school. And as you can see, it's not perfect, right? It's got a kind of a mess around the side of it. And this was, the inside looks really nice, but it's just not, or like maybe it's like too thick. could be too thick. It's kind of thick, but it's probably just because of all that on the side of it. So where I got this from, I was talking before I did this, this message the first time, I was talking to our potter and I said, can I get a piece of, greenware, just a piece that, so I can just take it to show. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'll just go get that out of my reclaim bucket. I go, your reclaim bucket? I thought that was so interesting. That's what a potter calls it, a reclaim bucket. And that's where the stuff goes that is dried. And what they do is they just add water to it and it becomes clay again. They, it's just a five-gallon bucket. Maybe it is in our studio. A five-gallon bucket that these pots are sitting in. I went and picked that out the other day. I think I've just taken sand that off a little bit and use it. I think that looks pretty good. But it wasn't what the potter wanted. It wasn't what, it wasn't the right thing. And so how does that look in our life with God? You know, we make a lot of mistakes, each and every one of us do. And we walk in this world and we think, man, God, could you ever use me again after that? But God has a reclaim bucket, and he can put you back there, and he can reorganize you. He can rebuild you on the, from the inside out, and he can use you again for what he created you for in the first place. Because he would probably create you the very same way. You know that? He wouldn't do anything different. Not with you, because he did that in the very beginning. And, yeah, we messed up, but... You know, that reclaim bucket, that just spoke to me because I thought that was powerful. And so that is what God does when he calls us to himself. He just sometimes has to reclaim us. Sometimes we have to go, Lord, 
I need to go to that reclaim bucket, <laughs> take myself there, you know, and then and then I feel all good again, all new again. So I just thought that was really, really interesting. And I think that, you know, at this point, I want to just mention that this can't go in the reclaim bucket anymore. It's finished. It's done. Glazed, fired, everything. And this can go in the reclaim bucket. But I think we're never done, right? We're never at that point where we are finished and complete in this life. So we can go into that reclaim bucket anytime. It doesn't matter if we've walked through fires. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter if we're 85 years old. We can still go to that reclaim bucket if we need to. And God can still redo inside of us what we messed up. I believe that in my whole heart. And that helps us to serve at a higher capacity. Okay, the next step. Bisque fire in a kiln. So that was what, there's all different kinds of kilns. If you look online, you can see kilns built all different ways. So this is just one of them. But that's a kiln, and it it brings up a really high heat after the the clay is totally dry and the water is all evaporated out of it so it has too much if it has too much moisture in it it can explode in that kiln it's got a, it's pretty temperamental but anyway that's a kiln and that's how a potter fires it after it comes out of that i don't have a piece to show you like that but after it comes out of there this would probably be pretty white it's kind of gray right now and it would just look pretty it looks really white but different colors of clay are going to look different because there's all different colors of clay. But this would look white after it came out of there. And if I dropped it, it would break, but it wouldn't, like, all fall apart. It could break. It might not break if I dropped it once it came out of the, the kiln after it was fired. It's more durable and it's more usable. But it's still not finished. So why do we uh, fire in a kiln? Um, that's where we use the fire. That's where the element of fire comes in right here. It's to protect and make it usable, to strong and ready for the next step. So that's a part of our life where when we're walking through that fire, what is it doing? It's purifying us. It's making us go through a process that we're not really finished yet. We know we have to walk through this fire, and we're going to be more complete when we get there. When we pass through this time, we're going to be better at the other side, right, when we're walking through stuff like that. So as we walk through the fire too purify us in our Christian life. It makes us stronger. It makes us able to be used by God in more ways because when you walk through a fire um, in your life, you learn stuff, don't you? You learn through that. And then you can help other people in that way because you're you're wiser for it, aren't we? It makes us wiser. So God um, brings us through those things. It's a process of our growth. I have a, a kind of a funny story to tell you. I got a a girl in my, I'm the secretary at County High School, and there's a, there was a girl in my office, and she's talking about her birthday, and she's going to be 17, and she goes, oh, next year when I'm 18, and I'll be an adult. And I'm like going, well, I hate to tell you this, but it takes a little bit more than just turning 18 to be an adult, right? All of us adults know that. I know that I totally was not a, an adult when I was 18, but, you know, you kind of, Think about that. Sorry, Alex, you're pretty close to that. <laughs> it takes a lot. I don't know if anybody else is around that same age in here, but, yeah, it takes a lot more to be an adult. We have to go through a lot more process in our life, but it's kind of funny when you look at that. And when you look back now, I think, man, 
I haven't dealt now, but yeah, it's kind of, there's still things I learned. There's still things I'm walking through. There's still things that are changing my life. I'm still growing and maturing. I'm not there yet. And that's kind of how this little pot is. It's not there yet. It's not finished yet. So still got a little ways to go. Not much, but a little ways to go. But it can serve at a higher capacity here. You can use these pots. They're not as pretty and they're, but they are useful. You can't eat out of them because the clay is still can go into your food. So you're like whenever you have a piece of pottery that you want to eat off of, it always has to be glazed. Okay, next step. Glazing the pottery. This is a fun part. There's a lot of fun things about glazing it. Sometimes they just pour glaze on, they pour it inside and then dump it out and it kind of covers the whole inside and then they paint the outside. There's a lot of different, different methods. Of glazing. This is a piece of pottery from Romania, and this is really intricate. They like even like they have like a uh, something that's raised. The black on there is raised, and it feels really neat. And it's very intricate and very pretty. But that's hand painted on there. And there's different glazes that this one has just a like a brush stroke glaze on it, if you can see that. And then uh, it's just a regular, like a kind of a grayish glaze. But it does, see how it, it's kind of lighter in the middle? It's never the same. It's never perfect. That's why each piece is different. Each piece is, um, they're alike, but they're different. Also, a potter, signatures, his signature is on his, use his piece usually. On this piece, uh, and on this one, I have a signature on the bottom of the potter that made it. So he puts, he signs his pieces. And so just think about that with God. God puts his signature on each one of us, doesn't he? He signs each one of us because he's proud of us. When you're proud of something, you don't really sign something if you're not proud of it. If it didn't turn out really nice, you're not going to sign your name to it, right? Because you don't really want anybody to know that you did that. <laughs> Some of the little pieces. Yeah, I did all these like in college and stuff. And I, I didn't sign the bottoms, but I took a tool and engraved my initials in them because that way they would know whose it was when it came out of the kiln because there's a bunch of... I did this one, this one, and this one. Yeah. I did a lot more, but I, I could only bring a few today. So, anyway, yep, I did those three. And so, yeah, your signature, his signature's on it when you glaze it. Some uh, potters have a signature glaze. They're, they'll glaze everything like the same. And you'll say, oh, I know that, who did that because he glazes like that all the time. So, you know, it just kind of depends. But the, the glaze seals the outer, seals it with a protective outer coating. It looks desirable on the outside. It makes it look really pretty. Um, sometimes a potter, like I said, has a signature glazing effect, and he also signs. He pretty much always signs his pottery. But how does that parallel with our Christian life? It seals us and protects us. That, that glazing seals and protects us from the outside world, from the things that are going to come up in our life. It gives us a new look, huh? it makes us shine, it makes us look good, because God wants us to look good. When we're um, shining our light for him, he wants us to look good, right? He doesn't want us to be like, oh, well, you know, he wants us to be the person that he made us to be, and that is, he made us to be good, he made us to be awesome, and he made us for an awesome function. So making us fit for our function, that's what glazing does. It's got God's signature on us, and it helps us and it helps that piece of pottery to serve at a higher capacity. So now we're going to talk about the very last. It has to go through the glaze has to go through a 
firing again to complete it. Because when you put the glaze on, it's kind of chalky. It doesn't really look, it kind of looks similar to what it looks like after it's glazed, but after it's glazed, it kind of changes the color of it. It makes it shiny, and it's usually, it's usually kind of a surprise because you put it in and you think you're painting it one color, and when it comes out, it's like something totally different. And it's always a pleasant surprise, but it's usually a surprise. So that's kind of fun. But it completes the process and seals the glaze on to make it usable for any, any purpose that you would want to use it for. So the parallel to that is that the more fire that we go through in our life, the more complete we are being made in Christ, right? And I know those times aren't the times that you always want to go back to, the fun times, but they are the times that you learn. And when you think back on it, those are the times that you think, man, I saw God really working in my life at that time. Those are usually the times when you know God was with you and you really feel it and you you really feel him in your life and you feel him working. So that's the times of learning and experiencing those things. It seals us with the fire of the Holy Spirit and makes us durable and able to be used in more ways. So, like I said before, you can't eat on a piece of pottery that you can't put your food on it if it's not been glazed because it can put a poison in your food from the clay. So you always have to be careful of that. Now, there's something up here. If you look at that, that's, if you can see that, what is that that that's being fired in? It's like a galvanized trash can is what it is. Can you see that? The very bottom part of it there. You might not be able to see because the, you have to look at this one. You can't see it on that side. But look at that. That's a galvanized trash can. That's called raku firing. And it's really, it's an ancient Japanese form of firing pottery. And I did a piece like that. I I had a, a teacher, she, when I was looking at that, I go, she must have been Japanese. I know she was Asian some way, but she, Raku, fired for us a piece that we made. And that's this little piece right up in front. Can you see it? It's just a little coil pot I made, but it's, it was Raku, it was Raku fired. So I'm going to do, when I was looking it up online, it said life lessons from Raku. And I thought, that is so funny because how many of you have ever heard of Raku before I said it in this room? couple people. That's it. Out of all the, but there are so many life lessons you can learn from Raku, and it's like people don't even know what that is. So I thought that was kind of funny. So what the process is, is they will bisque fire it. Uh, they will, or well, they'll glaze fire it in a kiln like what you saw in the earlier slide. And then when the pot is red hot, they take it out of the pot of the kiln and they put it in like not always a trash can, but the tra- a lot of times it's a trash can. They put it in a trash can, and the trash can has combustible material in it. So it's got things like maybe wood shavings, pine needles. It can have pine cones in it, newspaper, just trash. It's got trash in it, okay, straw, just stuff, whatever. Um, and so and when it goes down in there, the, the piece of pottery is still so hot because it's red hot that it causes the combustible material to, or the combustible material in there, yeah, to, to catch fire, just like what you see up here. So it catches fire. And when it's, catches fire like that, and as soon as it's all like caught fire, then they put the trash can lid on top of it. And what happens when you put a a lid on top of a fire? It's gonna go out, right? Because the fire doesn't have the oxygen anymore to keep that fire burning, and so the fire goes out eventually. So when that fire goes out and it's all done, they take the lid off and they pull the piece out. What do you think the piece looks like? 
it's got black soot all over it. It needs to be wiped off clean, and it's just like got black soot all over it. But the thing of it is, is Raku, let me show you this, hold this piece as it does. Whatever is in that trash can, the combustible material, like the newspaper, the um, shavings, the straw, whatever's in it, as it touches the piece, it leaves its mark on the piece, and it changes that piece. It, um, it leaves its effect on this piece of pottery, and the po- piece of pottery comes out. You're not going to know what it's going to look like. Sometimes it crackles. This cracked a lot. See the little crackles in it? And that's what it does. That's what Raku does. It leaves its effect on it. It crackles it. It uh, makes – that's how they do horsehair pottery. If you've ever seen horsehair pottery, it singes the hair, and the singed hair goes onto the piece of pottery, and it's really cool. You might not know it's horsehair pottery if you've looked at it, but I should have put got a video or a picture of it. It's like – just like looks like little – just like squiggly lines, just like when hair singes and burns and what it does. You know what hair does when it burns? Have you ever <laughs> stood too close to a candle when you were gonna, <laughs> when you were gonna blow it out and it goes, <laughs> anyway, that's what horse hair does on a pot. It will, it will, it makes a really, really cool look, but it's all different. There's nothing you can tell. You have no control over that. You put it in there, there's no control of what it looks like. But the life lesson to that is really, how many times do we walk out of church or we think our lives going really, really well? We are on fire for the Lord, right? We walk out and then it seems like all this trash comes at us. We walk into a place, we walk into work and it's like, oh my gosh, all this negativity, all this stuff coming at us. Do you ever feel like you just have been put in a trash can and somebody put the lid on top of you? You know, we get to those places sometimes when it's hard. But what I want to tell you is that Get out, get up out of it, walk away from it, you know, wipe the soot off of you because it gets soot on you and it's black and it's dirty. Go get it off of you. And what it shows after that is something beautiful. It can bring the beauty out of you. Yeah, it's got your, it's got the effects of that on you. But you know, you wouldn't be the same person that you are without that effect, would you? What you walk through is going to affect you. And, but you wouldn't be the beauty and the person that you are without that. So there's a lot of life lessons to that. I just thought that was so cool because of what that, of what it does to this, but what, how that correlates to our life because we walk through that all the time. We, um, we can't help it because we live in this world and it's all around us. But I think that, um, also, it, it leaves its effects on us, but we leave our effects on the people and the places that we go as well, don't we? So we have to watch what effect we leave, what effect we have on people, what effect we have in our workplace, what effect we have um, just out having fun. We need to watch that because our effects get left in the places that we, that we travel to the, and the people that we uh, have relationship with. So... As that leaves its effects on that pot, as life leaves its effects on you, make sure that you turn around and leave a great effect on life and on people. So that you can look back and you can see that the the beauty that God can bring into your life because of it. Because he can bring beauty into your life for going through something like that. For being just tossed in a trash can around a bunch of trash. He can make beauty out of that. That's amazing. So 
that is the seven steps. And I thought that was pretty cool, too, to think about it. Seven steps to do in pottery. And what does seven mean? Seven is the number of completion. So we've talked about that a lot. So that um, completes a piece of pottery in seven steps. So the next thing we're going to talk about is pottery's function and uses. There's some beautiful pottery out there, and it has different functions and different uses. Every piece is made to serve. It serves in some capacity. We are made to serve, right? Every one of us was made to serve. On this earth, was made to serve God, was made to serve others. That was his point, and that was one of the reasons he made us, besides love and relationship. But we are made to serve, and so are his pottery. So if you look at this bowl, it's a bowl, right? So what would you do with it? Uh, I put chips in this bowl a lot when we're having a party. It'd be um, a really nice fruit bowl, you know, just that. But... Just think about that. The same bowl, same bowl like this in ancient times, people used as a basin to wash in, right? They they used pitchers and basins to wash because they didn't have what we have. They didn't have faucets, sinks, things like that. So basins, people used it to carry things to and from the markets when they go and go into the market. And they probably still do in some countries. They use bowls, they use baskets, but they use something like this maybe to carry stuff in. So there's different, this is a bowl, but there's many different functions. Now, how many of you have seen, um, gone into like a, Lowe's or something and see, I don't know if Lowe's has them, but I've seen them in restaurants and stuff where you walk into the, the bathroom and these are sinks now. Have many of you seen that? Like a real, a pottery bowl is a sink. Now they're using them as sinks. So it's kind of coming full circle back. It used to be basins, like in the time of the biblical times, it used to be basins. And now they're sinks again. And they look really cool. You could just put them on top of your vanity and you have a faucet going into it and that's your sink. So there's many functions and uses for this. It's not just a bowl. It be used for anything. This is like a little... Um, bowl that I designed, but I can use it as a candy dish. I could plant a plant in here, and it would look really cute. It would be different, but I can use this for many different things, right? I can just leave it and just put stuff in there, like keys and stuff like that. Everything. So you can use it for different things. This here is a vase. I made it to be a vase. So I could put flowers in it and it just show off its beauty. So there's times when we just show, we're showing off our beauty. But there's also times when I could put water in it and use it as a pitcher and pour, pour out to people water from this. So this has different functions. This little piece right here, it's a cutie, it's a cute piece. I got this from Julie. Anyway, this was on her table at her garage sale, and I have an eye for pottery because I'm zooming in, looking, and I go, what is that? I didn't know what this was. How many of you know what it is? You do, because <laughs> you're the one who told me what it was. Funny. Anyway, okay, this is a butter safe. You open it up like that, and you put butter in there, and you can keep it on your counter, and... It keeps the butter covered so it doesn't, like, dry out or anything and everything. And it just keeps the butter covered. Isn't that cute? I happen to have a, this is a funny thing, I happen to have a bowl that with this, made by the same potter with the exact same design on it. It's a little different colored glaze at home that I probably got about 10 years ago. And it's, like, one of my favorites. And when I saw this, I go, that will match that. And I love it. But look at that. It's a butter safe. But what else could it be? 
This could easily be a cup. You could pour water in it. You could drink out of it. Pour coffee in it and drink out of it. It could sit on your desk, and it could be a pencil holder, like, on your desk, right? It could, if you wanted it to. This. What else could you do with that? Oh, look. Since you, I'm glad that you asked. Look at that. Now I'm going to see if this is going to work. I'm not always very good at this, but I'm going to try it. Look at that. You could turn it upside down. Totally let your light shine, right? Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? It's got a different function. It doesn't have just one function. And that's what I'm going to talk about and kind of bring this around for you. We don't have just one function, right? We're a vessel that was made by God, created for functions, for different functions, not just one. So don't think that if you did what you think you're supposed to do, you're done because you're not. (laughs) There's more that God wants to do with you. Another function, look at that. Along life's journey, cracks and brokenness are inevitable, right? Cracks and brokenness are inevitable. But we can still stand in our brokenness, can't we? We can still stand with chips. We can still stand with cracks. We can still stand alongside others in our brokenness. And we can help them along when they're broken and cracked as well, even if we're still cracked. We can make something beautiful out of our life. We can still pour into each other in our brokenness and still bring peace to other people. Because that's what something like that would do. That would bring me peace. Just listening to that water, seeing that fountain, it just brings me peace to look at it. So it can, you can pour into each other and give peace and comfort in your life, even when you're broken, even when you're cracked, even if you feel like walking back to that reclaim bucket, you can still bring peace and comfort to people. A broken vessel can still be a beautiful creation and can still be very useful. So let's talk about, I'm just going to talk about a little bit about David. It's not going to be a lot, just a little bit about him. Because God created David with a unique vision and a desire and totally in love, didn't he? Just like he created each one of us. He created David that way. But David, he was lots of functions. I look at the left-hand side. He was a shepherd. He was a musician. He was a shepherd boy when he was anointed to be king. But he wasn't ready for that, was he? He had to still go back out to the fields. He wasn't ready to go and sit on a throne. He still had a lot of work to do, a lot of places to walk through. He was a calmer of spirits. He played the harp for Saul, (laughs) calmed him down. He was anointed as king. He danced before the Lord, glorified the Lord, showed people how to glorify the Lord, didn't he? He gave them freedom to glorify the Lord in the way that he did. And he brought in the Ark of the Covenant. He had many. And then on after that, many things. I mean, those are just a few things. But he walked through each one of those things from boyhood to old age. He walked through many phases of life, didn't he? And so are we. You think back of when you were a kid, how many different phases you walked through in your life, how many different um, places you've been, and how the Lord has worked with you in each and every one, and how he's taken you there. But David also had some mars and imperfections didn't he He had to run for his life he hid in caves he made some really bad decisions didn't he made some really bad decisions he had lost loved ones 
And his children weren't perfect either, huh? Sounds just like us, doesn't it? Sounds like us walking around. Our children aren't perfect. We have loss in our lives. We make bad decisions. Probably not as bad as David's decision that he made. I figured you would all be pretty familiar with this. But God had a vision and a plan for David. But he still is known. David is known as the man after God's own heart, isn't he? He still, he was recorded in the word as being a man after God's own heart. And look at all the things that he did. Look at what he did. Look at who he was. Look who God made him to be. Many, many different things. But God created David with a unique vision, a unique desire, and love. He created him in so much love. And he created you and me the same way. He created us in love with a vision and a desire to fulfill the functions and the things that he put on this, this on us on this earth to do. So I just want you to close your eyes for just a minute and just think. Think about your life as I just kind of walk through a couple things just to sum today's message up. God had his handprint on David. He has his handprint on us inside and out. He was brought up in God's hands. He was brought up and made in the hands of God. And God's hands never left him. He was not like any other. He was unique. And so are you and so am I. We are unique. We're not like any other person. He was wedged. He was made whole. He was brought together. Those places, those void places within him were brought together inside of him so that he could be used for the next step in life. He was centered. He knew the God inside of him. We have that time when we need to be centered as well, where we need to dig deep inside of us and see the destiny and the scroll that God has prepared for us. He was made for a purpose, but he had many purposes in life. We think we're made sometimes for one purpose, but we're not. We're made for many purposes. David wasn't perfect. He had flaws. He made some serious bad decisions, didn't he? But he was marred, but he was reclaimed as well. He went to that reclaim bucket probably more times than one. He was dried in the wind of the Holy Spirit. He matured in God's timing. Everything that he was supposed to do didn't happen just right then. He had that time of incubation, that time of learning and experience. God took him through fires preserved him and God carried him through them he probably there was many times when he probably felt like he was in the trash can and he had to get out shake off the the soot wipe the soot off of him and then keep going but he saw that beauty that was on the outside of him the beauty that was on the inside of him after he went through that then God sealed him glazed him gave him a good look he shined for others he danced before God He was a king, a mighty king. But also he was probably broken and cracked. But he stood alongside others, didn't he, when that happened? Didn't let it go. Didn't walk away. Didn't quit. Same with us. We're going to be cracked. We're going to be broken. But we can always be fixed. And if we're not fixed at that point, we can always stand beside somebody else and walk through theirs and help them in theirs. Because that's who God made us to be. That's who God made us to be. Did he make you, there's times you can open your eyes. Did he 
make you to be a bowl to carry people's burdens to help them to carry food to people? Sometimes in your life you did. Did he make you just to look beautiful, just to stand out, show show who he is in you and how he made you? Did he make you to keep something safe, to keep your kids safe, to keep you safe to just to, to keep safe who he made you? Did he make you to shine your light for others? Wants us to open, wants us to light that candle and just he wants us to be on that pedestal, light that candle and show who he is within us because that's how he is looked at in this world. There's no other way really except for us. Or did he have you be that pencil holder that just you're there when somebody needs you and you're just sitting right there, right at arm's length and you're there when they need you. Did he make you pour out into other people's lives or did he make you just be that flower, that fragrant flower in your friend's life or a person's life that just needs it at that time? I made you to be every one of these things because we're all that at a certain time in our life. And that's the amazing part about what God does. So what did you learn today from a lump of clay? Are you just a lump? Are we just a lump of clay? Are we? No. Each one of us is a vessel that's made by God. He thought about it. He had a vision, a desire, and love. We were all made to serve him, just like these pieces of pottery were made to serve. Each one of us has a unique function and has qualities. So each of us have more than a unique function. We all have functions that we're walking in different times and different places. We all walk through fires and purification processes. But we're all better for it, because, aren't we, when we get past it and through it. And life can and will leave its effects on us. It will. And you could think of times probably that it already has. But you leave your effect on life as well, don't you? How do you leave your effect on life? Are we a lump of clay? Are we just a lump of clay? No. We're not just a lump of clay. We are a unique masterpiece crafted in the hands of the Most High God. That's who we are. We're a unique masterpiece. And he's not done with that masterpiece yet. And any one of us, we're still walking in it. We're still living it. We're still doing it, aren't we? We're still breathing. As long as we're breathing, we're, that masterpiece isn't done. He started it in us, and he's going to finish it in us, right? Amen. Okay, well, thank you, guys. I, we are going to have communion, and so I am going to just lead us in prayer. Before we go communion, to go to communion, then you can come up, help yourselves to communion. Afterwards, if anybody needs prayer or anything, we're up here to pray if you'd like to come up. Okay? Thank you. And Lord, thank you. Lord, as we come before you today, we thank you so much. We thank you for who you made us to be. Father, I thank you that you had the vision and the desire and the love to create us and how you created each one of us and how we mingle and mesh with one another in your family. And I just want you to think about when we talk about communion, when we think about the elements of communion, Jesus was broken for us, right? He was broken for us. He poured out his blood for us. Just as we stand beside each other in our brokenness, as we pour out to one another, 
pieces of our lives, pieces of help, the direction, love, as we pour love out to one another. I thank you for that, Lord God. I thank you what you did for us as an example of what we do for one another. And I just thank you as we take communion that we remember your brokenness, that we remember your pouring out, that mostly we remember your love. Mostly we remember that you created us as a unique and as a beautiful masterpiece. And you are so happy with each and every one of us. And that we can walk in your joy and your happiness and in your love every single day of our life. And give that to one another in your name.